Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Mainline Pod. I lost count for what number this is. High 40s. We're in that ballpark somewhere. I think this Thanks is Thanks again for... Yeah, sorry, Nathan. <laughs> I didn't mean to jump in, but hey. Oh, you've, uh, you've jumped your uh, intro there. Got my intro there, but that's all right. Hello, everyone. No, I think this is episode 49. 49, wow. Okay. Mainline episode yes. from what I can recall. Mm. Um, and we got some uh, topping to do for last week's podcast name, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> there was um, there was a bit of activity there. But hello everyone, and hello Nathan, yes. and hello all the backpack listeners. Yes, welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us again for another wild week of football. Uh, this is the mainline pod. As I say, this probably would be coming out on Thursday night if I can sort the editing out. And uh, Asian Cup and Afcon stuff will be the next night. But uh, in any case, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying all the football and. Laz, it's been a wild week. Most of the big stories are in Asia and in Africa. It has been a ridiculous round of 16 already, and we're still not quite finished for the round. Mm-hmm. Very true. But without going into too much detail, because we are going to cut and cordon uh, it off for the dedicated sure. episodes. Yes. But it's just been wild. We can talk about the issues in the periphery yeah. of the within the tournament, I think, because uh, obviously we try and keep to just the football and the issues that the Football itself is raised in those uh, matches and in that round. But, um, yeah, Nathan, absolutely bonkers week um, to have to go anywhere past Manchester, to be honest. But that aside, <laughs> sorry, I had to do a slight dig there. Um, yeah, we'll and come on to that. There's very, well, you know, there's a few salacious things that have been heard, but, I mean, that's all in the area of gossip and innuendo and, yeah, the story just keeps getting murkier and murkier, that one. But... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Spot on. You know exactly where I was going. But a couple of shout-outs off the top, if I can. Go for it. Stu Redman and Trent Sweeney, Villa fans. Hey, good old Redders. Yep. Um, apologies for this morning, lads, but the better side won <laughs> as we record on a Wednesday night. <laughs> And Newcastle United having done the double over Villa this season in the league. What is that, 8-2? On aggregate, yeah. Yeah, don't mind if you do, huh? I uh, wish it was like that with against every opponent, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it's like that. You'd be looking pretty good in there, wouldn't you? Mm, mm. And um, another shout-out to Ellie Minham. I want to try and get Ellie uh, on if we can from Copper 90. I don't know if you've managed to get your head around this or seen it. The... Uh, Osasuna the documentary that Copper 90 have done once in a lifetime. I haven't managed. Copper Del Rey run last season. I haven't managed to get around it, but uh, I will find some time to go and watch it. Bloody awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just a couple of shout-outs there. Straight yeah. off the bat. Straight off the bat. Where do you want to delve into, Nathan? A-League? I think there's more news in the A-League this week than stuff that we'd like to talk about overseas. Oh, there is. There is. There's stuff, but I think there's a lot of stuff in Australia football. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Mm. But I just want to start off with the A-League women's. Yeah, sure. Go. And the bizarre, I thought it was bizarre, sending off of the Wellington keeper. It's going to be a little bit of a theme for the next portion of the show, I think, bizarre referee decisions, because there was a couple this week. Um you saw, yeah. yeah, you saw what yes, it transpired I did, I did and, see. and the subsequent penalty save, mind you, which is a great save. Yeah, great great save, great moment. Young and, keeper coming on and um, 
pulling out a, a wonderful save, but please, it's never a red card. No, God, no. It's not a yellow card. It's not a foul. It's not, it's not a foul. Yeah. And I felt really sorry for the Wellington keeper. Yeah, Riley Foster really mm. hard that by him. Yeah. You you could see the disbelief on her face when it was shown. And I'm 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 surprised it was just disbelief with how ridiculous the decision was. And one day we'll have VAR in the A League women. Yep. Yep. It's for moments like that. Like we can both agree sure. that VAR slows down things too much and takes yeah. away from the emotion of the game too much. But moments like that is where you need it. And, and we don't want to sound hypocritical and say, look, we you know, take it easy on the referees and without referees. There's no game, and that's all that is correct. However, mm. um, that decision was bizarre. Oh, I, yeah, you can still I, criticize I, referees. I, and I can't, I can't get my head around how what the referee saw in order to actually brandish that red card. It so, must have been like in the periphery, perhaps. And but even then, like, surely you go and consult with the lino. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, that's what I would have thought before you just go straight for the. Sending off, it's yeah, bizarre, yep. bizarre. Yes, but uh, interesting week in the A leagues, nonetheless. But let's go. Let's talk about bizarre decisions and bizarre occurrences in football in Australia that you want to discuss. Well, I mean, don't want to start with two negative referees, but they do link together quite nicely. We should talk about the big blue in the A league men's. Oh yes, oh yeah. Pat Woods red card, never read. No, I never well, read. I agree with you. I can't argue a case against it, like against what you're saying. Oh, I never read for mine either. Pat Wood is being dragged by a victory player. Mm-hmm. He's got his eyes for the ball and he's tried to reach it. So he's fighting off one player. The ball's coming over his shoulder. He doesn't even know Adama is there. Mm. And he just sticks a boot out to try to get the ball. It's not even high. Yeah. No, I can't disagree with you. I can't I, disagree with you. I, I thought can't. it was going to be a foul the other way. I would argue that that would have been more plausible. Yes, mm. it, it ruined. I was going to say it ruined the spectacle. It did. It, it did. Say it. it did. I think, I think it did. It did. I think it did. It, did. It, it, it. It. The game was flowing quite nicely up until that point, and Sydney FC were probably the better side, to be fair. And victory were uh, given a slice of luck. And, yeah, look, they, and, they might have come into it themselves, red card or no red card, but sure. well, we won't know. And it was 35 minutes of really the makings of a, an A-League classic. Mm-hmm. Really good game. Glued to the screen. Yep. Really fascinating game. Yeah, it was. Red card comes out and that's it. The contest was over. Mm. Melbourne Victory don't beat 10 men. We've seen that a few times this season. And yeah, what is that? I don't understand why that is. What is it about? And I might be wrong, but I have the, off the top of my head, or I, I can't recall... I'm under the impression that Popper ha- Popper's sides have an issue playing against 10 men. Well, they've got an issue playing against low blocks. Yeah, well, current, this Melbourne victory side currently does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and, no, no, no doubt. But and playing against 10 men. Like- elsewhere, yeah, but elsewhere when P- P- Popper's reign at Wanderers and at Perth, I'll contend that they struggled against 10 men as well. In yeah, general. Maybe, maybe it is something in the, uh, it's just the odd. style of football that Popper plays. It, it is odd. Like There's been many times where... I mean, it's a regular thing in the A-League that 10-men teams do mm. fight back and win games. We've seen it. I, I can think of many cases down mm. the years, like Big Blues down the years in particular, mm. where a team going down to 10 has come back and won. Mm. But, yeah, it is odd. And Melbourne victory, yes, they stay undefeated, but more draws and wins for yeah. the season. And same thing happened to Pop's sides last season as well, like Pop's mm. Melbourne victory side last season. They struggled yeah. against 10 men. 
they're missing just one creative player in the final third. They're missing one final piece. Yeah, they are. They are. I struggle to think who they would actually bring in, who they would struggle to bring on board, though, to try and resolve this issue for them as far as a create from a creativity perspective. Because Azani should be the one that's unlocking the mm. unlocking the the opposition, right? Um, yes, you can have a bit of guile with Fornaroli as well. I think Melbourne Victory is a better side with Fornaroli in the team and Azani in the team as well. They look a better proposition to me. Yeah, for sure. But I'm asking for more from Falami or Volupolo. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. And that is fair. Maybe they can dip into the market. I don't know if they've got Ross's spots available. If not, then well, fair enough. They're, they're stuck. Mm. But they need something else. They do need something else. Well, they're not going to get anyone in now before the end of the month. <laughs> it's only a few hours away as <laughs> so we record. Yeah, so, yeah. Astra- well, it's funny. Transfer deadline day in Australia isn't as uh, active as. Uh, no. <laughs> As it is in the UK. But, well, um, yes. uh, R- Ramachana's has left. Yes. He's gone. Mm. Are they going to get a, a visa player in to replace him? Pretty tight. Maybe they have one. We just haven't come across it as yet. Wait and see. Wait and see. Mm. Watch this space. Watch this space. What else did you make of the A-League this weekend? Or football in Australia? Because yeah, it looks like you want to discuss a couple of other things as well. Yeah. there's. Well, let's start with some uh, quick fire things, some uh, smaller things. and In the A-League uh, some... or elsewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's go. Yep, keep going. Well, transfer news. We like transfer news. Mm-hmm. A lot of outgoings have been announced in the last 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Luka Vanovic is going to Finland, which is great for him. We have mm-hmm. uh, Aziz Bayic has gone to Al Nassar online for the rest of the season. Missed that, that one. broke this morning. Right, that okay, morning. that's why I hadn't seen it. Yeah, okay. Mm. Online for six months. Football season doesn't have six months left of run, so less than that. Mm. And... They signed him to be a Champions League player because they got one too many foreigners. And Aziz Bage goes and plays with Ronaldo for a couple of games. And cool. the loan fee for Melbourne City is a cool $2 million. Thanks for coming. <laughs> it's up there with all-time A-League cool. transfers outgoing. Nice to do business. <laughs> the City get $2 million now, and then they get Aziz back in June. Beautiful. Not a bad spot of business, <laughs> is it? No. They need to find themselves another left back for the rest of the season, though. They do. Yeah, they do. Scott Jamison might come off the bench and uh, yeah. jump in there. <laughs> uh, the other one, Laz, is Joe Gauchi. Yes. yes. The Villa. Yes, that's a big one. And that's just broken that today as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that has broken today. Mm. I dare say he'll get a, a loan to a championship team, maybe a upper league one team for the rest mm. of this season. Good move. Good move. I hope there's a pathway there for him to get into Villa's first team. He's not going to display Sammy Martinez, sure, but maybe he's down the line. Hopefully there's a pathway there for him. Mm. You never know. You never know. You've got to put himself out there, and he has, which is really good to see. So good move. Good move. And uh, other transfer news, Marco Rojas is back. Notice that, Brisbane Raw. Yeah. Weird fit. Is it, though? Is it a weird fit? I think it's a weird fit when he's going to be there for half a season and then off to Auckland. Hmm. Yeah. He's got to be some... a rumour. The second half of that is a rumor. Yeah, sure. Man, well, look, can't hurt. It can only help the rule for yeah, you know, and, and, they need, and, and they need yeah. help. Yeah, they, they do. need help. They definitely do. Going into the back end of the season. Mm, but yes, that's a little bit of transfer news. I'm sure there's going to be more that comes out mm. before the window closes. But the big ticket items, lads, in Australian football. Mm-hmm. There was a rumor kicking around this week that Paramount are uh, thinking about pulling the pin on the broadcast deal. How are we going to watch A League women's and A League men's? 
Seriously, like I mean, I I watched um, Australia Day Eve, Western United versus Melbourne City in the mm-hmm. women's, and that was a great, yep. great watch, right? Yeah, it was. So, and then you had the big blue, which was um, you know, which was really good to see, but uh, both in the men's and the women's. But yeah, I um, this is not good. This is not good. No. If this rumor, if this rumor is true, and it's funny, you know, we were talking about it last week. Mm. Yeah, we were. Um, <laughs> and I have my dates around the broadcast deal a little bit confused. There's still yeah. two more seasons after this one on sure. the current deal. Sure. Yeah. But by all reports, Paramount Plus are keen to put an end to it now or the yeah. end of this season. Well, we should say that Channel 10 did put out a statement today saying that they're refuting those rumours. Okay. That they are committed to the A-League. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Where there's smoke, there's fire most of the time. And I think, Yeah. A rumor like that doesn't just come out of nowhere. So reminds me of the Fox Sports situation in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And look, you know, credit to the A Leagues for trying a few things, and yes, the you know trying to negotiate their way out of the grand final debacle and creating the Unite Round, which sounded great in theory, but obviously in practice, it it you know if a bit of thought had gone into it with regards to how to schedule the games or you know, where to do it. Um, perhaps also one-off it, kits. Yeah, <laughs> let's not go down that path again. <laughs> but I, I funny you should mention that. I did see that there are kits being auctioned off for, from the Unite round. <laughs> so there you yes. go. Now, um, but yeah, this is reminiscent of the Fox Sports issue. There's mm-hmm. obviously an issue with regards to um, how the numbers are stacking up. And look, Last season wasn't a great season for presentation purposes for the A-League, right? Paramount Plus and Channel 10 seem to have been getting it right now mm. after, you know, after a season and a half, which is great, right? It's fantastic that they've managed to do that now. But like you said, where there is smoke, there is fire. There's obviously going to have to be some toing and froing between the A-Leagues or the APL and Paramount Plus with regards to this. But also... I wonder what kind of impact this is going to have on the uh, national teams being broadcast on Network 10 and Paramount Plus as well. Yeah, well, the suggestion was that the national teams would remain on 10 mm. Paramount and the Aliens would have to look elsewhere, which is a bit strange to divide the local game across different broadcasters. We... Well, yeah, you've got a different entity representing... The soccer yeah. is obviously in Football Australia and the Matildas, mm. and likewise, you know, APL representing the A Leagues. So they, um, yeah, the issue is no doubt with regards to the numbers and the ratings, yep. and obviously the uh, revenue being generated, if any at all. Um, it's a sad state of affairs that this has come out, you know, within two years of Paramount Plus actually um, being the broadcast partner. Yeah, and I wonder if there's a move maybe from the American overlords to really cut costs on Paramount Plus because it is losing so much money worldwide. Yeah, and, and that, that might a be factor. a factor. Yeah, that has a factor. Yeah. Uh, also, like just speaking about Paramount Plus, I like the sports broadcast, what they're doing now. I think the package is pretty good, mm. much better than it was when the deal started. Yeah, I agree. Aside from the sport, I'm not all that interested in the rest of the content on Paramount. And that's just me speaking. I'm just one person. Yeah, but you haven't got young kids, Nathan. But that's all right. 
<laughs> but he, it's, not, it's not even just the kid stuff, just no, the no, rest no. of the stuff. Trust that, me, uh, it, it, it is the kid mm. stuff, right? Because I wouldn't yeah. know if I, you know, if my young bloke who's full wouldn't wouldn't be able to watch Paw Patrol, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want to find out. <laughs> no, I don't want to find out. Okay, not that you know he's generally well behaved and he's all right, but he <laughs> likes his Paw Patrol. He likes his. You know, other shows, which if I meant, you know, Paw Patrol is the quickest one that comes to mind. But if I say the names of other shows, you'll just look at me like, you know, go, what's he talking about? But yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but like this, when I say adult stuff, it sounds like X-rated stuff. But No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Things for adults. Like... NCIS Sydney. I haven't even watched an episode and I wouldn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, I mean. There you go. I'm not interested. It doesn't film with any sort of inspiration. And... Mind you, if the A Leagues were to leave Paramount Plus, I'm not keeping the subscription first and foremost. No, I wouldn't. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. If, and, and the fa- look, unless Champions League ended up going there, then I would keep. Mm. But yeah. yeah. But at the, at the moment, it would just leave the FA Cup, and it's not worth it for that. Um, but uh, I it think... is if, if Newcastle United keep winning. Touchwood <laughs> got Blackburn in the next round. <laughs> um, which we'll come on to. We'll come on to the FA Cup. Oh, okay. Sure. Fair enough. Sure. Later on in this episode, but uh, that. I think that's a long way down the, the path at the moment from where we are now. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Um, thing is, as well, if if Ten Paramount were to pull the deal, that does sort of give them a bit of a, a negative reputation if they were to acquire some other sports. Like they're not really ones to see a deal through, perhaps. They don't have any other but, sport. No, but if they were to go for, say, cricket or footy or whatever. Okay. There's no way, there's no way that any other sport in Australia will, would deal with Ten or Paramount Plus. There's no way. If they were to pull out of this mm, deal, yep. there's no way that they'd be able to deal with that. And not only that, uh, the other sports are tied into those other broadcasters for a longer period for a long period of time. Oh, but it doesn't have to be those sports either. It no, could be but what other sports are they going to do? NBL or, or netball or, or no. Well, that's not going to happen because right now NBL is on ESPN exclusively, right? Mm. Uh, and Twitch. Sorry, I should say. They've got they're on Twitch as well, right? Didn't so know they, that. They, they've got yeah, they've got one game a week on Twitch as part of that deal. Um, Smart strategy, actually. Get the it kids, is. It is. Get the kids watching that on Twitch, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Why not have an alien game on Twitch a week? Would it hurt? Would no. it hurt? Right. So the MBL is obviously, and the MBL is doing a reasonable job with regards to promoting themselves and and getting. Uh, crowds into their uh, into their games and and you know having a deal with ESPN right now the other sports you know they won't rate a mention with regards to Network Ten mm. right and by the flip on the flip side it leaves football in a precarious position because Fox don't want any, Fox still don't want anything to do with it right? no and I don't think like anybody said, in the football community wants anything to do with Fox look I can see benefits of it but. Once bitten, twice shy. The way that it's been disregarded is the is 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 very sad, to be honest. Right? Yeah, Look, I think that bridge is well and truly burnt. Yeah, the fact is, right? There's an inherent bias from News Corp within Australia for whatever reason against football. It's that simple. Oh, it's to protect the, the deals of the NRL and the AFL. Exactly right. It's that simple. Now. The thing, and look, I don't know if you heard uh, Robbie Slater on SEN, and this was a broader point. Uh, heard Robbie Slater on SEN with defending Socceroos and Graham Arnold, right? And saying there's a lot of negativity around the game. Well, two weeks ago, you were getting into the game about the A Leagues and how 
bad the game was being run, but now mm. all of a sudden you're talking about negativity <laughs> around the game. And people within the game are negative about Graham Arnold um, and the Socceroos side. The only thing I have to say about that is that, and it, leads, it, it, actually raised, it actually raised a broader question in my mind as to the mainstream media. And actually, this was also brought up with um, uh, on SEN again with Simon Hill and Alex Brosk, right, with regard to the mainstream media and the role that they're playing within football, you know, or the role that they're not playing, mm. more so to the point, with regards to covering this tournament, right, the Asian Cup. This is our regional confederation cup, right? Yep. There is a total disregard, total disregard for the gravitas of this tournament, right? It's not even registering a blip, I feel. It's not registering a blip, right? People are so blasé about it. They couldn't care less about what is happening. This is the tournament. Uh, but you're not backpackers, are you? No, that's right. <laughs> so this is the tournament that's correct. So this is the tournament that's below the World Cup. It's the next best mm-hmm. thing that we can win. Yeah. Cover the damn thing, for goodness sakes, right? It is, you know, it's it's such an important tournament as far as football is concerned and to actually, you know, generate a positive environment with regards to the national teams as well, right? Why is there no excitement around it or positivity around it? Right? Forget the football that Arnie's teams play and, and, the, and the football that this side is currently playing, right? That's irrelevant. The fact is, is that Australia has made the top eight in Asia right now, again, right? Um, and they've got a, you know, there is a chance, although they're not the favourites in the next stage, right? There is a chance that they could finish in the top four. That's what that's what yeah. the prize is. Very much so. Look, am I missing? We can talk here? about no. You're not. We can talk about the quarterfinal stuff, and I, I actually hmm. think Australia might actually get past South Korea, but well, we'll uh, save that for tomorrow night. Save that for the, <laughs> that's right for yeah. the AFC recording. Oh, look, yes, yeah, but we'll save that. Mm. To your point, I th- always think unless it is a conflict of interest, which sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't on different broadcasters, but the media always follows the, follows the eyes and the interest, right? What else is happening in the world of sport in Australia at the moment, aside from the Australian Open? Yep. That just finished. Yep. And, okay, there was a test match on with the, with the mm. West Indies in cricket. Yep, yep. Am I, you know, like, again? But the, the point is, like, those two will always come ahead of the Asian Cup because there's just more interest in those tournaments because they're in our backyard. Is there an inherent disregard for anything Asian? There is, but I don't think it's low down because entirely of that. I think just also there are... Rusted on people who watch the Australian Open every year. Rusted on people who watch Test cricket every single year. You haven't got that same follower base for the Asian Cup for Asian football. Australia's only been in it since 2005, for starters. So you're not going to have generations of people watching the Asian Cup. Because look, how many people watched the Asian Cup before Australia got into it in this country? Minim- minimal. Yeah, okay, but we entered it in 2007, right? Yeah, my point is, people have been watching the Australian Open for 50 years. There's generations of support sure. and generations of and traditions of that. This is something that's new relatively. I know it's 20 years ago, but not not quite, but 15 years ago. It's not hasn't hasn't got that longevity as of yet. It's building, sure, maybe. But Test Cricket is always going to be there because it's Test Cricket, because it's been around for longer. And now that's finished, for now, cricket will be back in a few weeks, but the tennis is over. I still don't think football is going to be number one in the news bulletin because there'll be some AFL story, some NRL story, whatever, that comes out in front. My point is that it's a chicken and the egg scenario. No, but my point is that it's because of the disregard for, for or, look. My point is that there's a disregard for for Asia. It's been dismissive, 
right? It is. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of ignorance or um, what's the word that I'm looking for? So there's ignorance, there's arrogance, there's just disdain. It's just yeah, it's not it's not worth a, a mention. It's not worth covering. It's not worth any um, you know any coverage at all, which is sad. It's very sad. This is the like I said, this tournament is played every four years, right? This is a big one. This is the biggest tournament that we can win outside of a, a World Cup, which granted we're unlikely to win, <laughs> right? Because only nine nations have ever or eight nations have ever won a World Cup, mm. right? So. Oh. You know. I'm sure the Socceroos get a mention in the bulletins when the games are on. They will get a mention. But anything outside of Socceroos with a a minute at top, minute absolute most, if you click on the, or go and watch the 6 o'clock news, right? Mm, which are there'll be all but... the, the, yeah, the Socceroos, oh, they went and beat Indonesia. They scored four goals. They'll show one of the goals, and that'll be it. Move on. Mm. That's what it is. And you're right. Partly it is being dismissive of Asian football. Or just Asia in general. Yeah. But also, I don't think there is that great interest in the public. Soccer people are into it, yes. But the general punter? No, they're not. So it's a chicken mm. and egg scenario. Mm. Should the media companies put the Asian Cup up the pecking order to get people interested? Probably not. Why would they? Should the people get invested first in the tournament and then they can demand more football coverage from the media? Sure, but that's not like that's, that's not going to happen. That's just not. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know that sounds like a whinge, not necessarily a whinge, but it's just disappointing that we have this kind of attitude towards our region. We shouldn't. Yeah. From a socio-cultural mm-hmm. perspective, if I can put it that way as well. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, football opens uh, doors with regards to trading. Oh, well, yeah. So... Instead, we go and play an AFL game in China. Yeah. Enough said on that. Okay. <laughs> but, Laz, for me, when I'm watching and engaging in football, right... I don't care what Channel 9 News says. I don't care what's on the back of the Telegraph. Like, I don't buy those things. I don't read those things. I don't view those things anyway. Like, to me, sure. it doesn't make a difference. No, that's right. And I think if you go and look at the media companies for what they're doing, you're only going to find yourself in a bad spot because you know what the answer is going to be before you even get there. Hence why I'm not a consumer of media, yep. mainstream media. And so, look, my outlook is just enjoy the football, get engrossed yourself in the football, talk to people you know about the football. and. Mm-hmm. That's really how the game should be consumed in this country because mm. it's never going to be a number one sport. Like, we and all dream if, it to be one day, but mm. it's just not going to happen. No, that's right. And if people are unaware of it, the best thing you can say is, hey, have you, did you see the Socceroos or whatever the case is? In yeah. that case, yeah. Or the Matildas when they happen to play in, in the, mm. the Asian Cup in the next edition of that. Agreed. Agreed. But as we got onto this topic with the broadcaster, with yes. the rumour about Paramount and sure. on the pin, which... They deny doing, but yes, yeah. it's, it's it's not uncommon for us to actually go down a rabbit hole. But anyway, go on. Yeah, you're not wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> if it were to eventuate, if it be this season, whether it be after two and a half years, yep. Channel Ten, Stroke Paramount don't want anything more to do with football. Yep. Where does football go? What's we the next option? A League will start their own streaming platform. We tried that with Keeper. No, that wasn't <laughs> a streaming platform. <laughs> they wanted it to be. That was the vision. Then why didn't they just do it straight off straight off the bat? I don't know. You have to ask the powers of be. But uh, uh, Vince Rigari put out a very good deep dive on mm. the whole keep up stuff, and that mm-hmm. was an eye opener. Mm. Uh, do go check out the article in the Herald. Yes, uh, if you haven't seen it. Um, but they wanted it to be a one stop shop, a Netflix for football in Australia. 
it replaced the world game that SBS had for a while, yeah. like the, the website, the world, you know, that's what it acted like to begin with, right? Yep. And if they wanted it to be a streaming platform, right, then the management of APL should have just dived straight into it and actually mm. kicked off a streaming platform. Yep. And had content well, on there yep. rather yep. than, yeah, and you build your website around, no problem, but actually have the content on there to be a streaming platform and actually show the games on there. Mm. Why not just go straight into it? Yeah, and I don't, go and I don't buy know. some rights yeah. for some leagues, like yeah. show some overseas football, mm. like start somewhere. And maybe do maybe do a deal with the zone and actually get some content on there, like as far as streaming yeah. is concerned, because the zone yeah. have content, you know, from everywhere, right? And the zone has rights to things that aren't owned by anybody in Australia. Correct, it's just not shown at all. So that's a starting point, and mm. things outside of big five leagues in Europe and. The Champions League, there's not a whole lot there that's going to drive a whole host, a horde of viewers Correct. to start, and then you build from there. Mm. So, all right, that's not something I don't think we're going to see. Well, no, and we're not going to see that now. No, because that money from Silver Lake, 140 million, that's all gone. It's all gone. So, uh, okay, <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, what do we get to show for it? Mm, don't know. Um, that's a topic for another day. But mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. It is. Um, Need- in terms of a broadcast deal, you, we said we said before, Fox is off the table. We're leaving Channel Ten. What's left? Nine stand with cap in hand. Well, whoever you go to is going to be with cap in hand now. Yeah. So maybe may as well be Optus. Yeah. I mean, do they want it? Probably not, because otherwise they would have bid for it. Yeah, they would have. Look, yeah, I'm sure if Optus wanted the A League, they would have had it by now. Correct. So again, the only synergy that I can see there is that if they decided to do a in studio, match day, Saturday type of scenario with the A League leading into the Premier League, and then that would have been, you know, that would have been sufficient. So, and with Optus, I think that would have made sense a few years ago when they had like Rich Bayless as yeah, their Adam Peacock, and they had uh, a few other guys that were doing regular studio stuff before they crossed the Premier League games. Now they oh. just buy the Premier League TV feed, which is much more cost effective, and of course they bring in guys. Like Claude's, for instance, which mm. great for Claude's. Um, I don't know how that would translate over if they were to do a match day Saturday thing. They probably have to hire some more talent. Yeah, we're available. <laughs> very good, very good. Yes, we Thank are. You. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. It's, it's tricky because I think. Well, I mean, it's easy to go over the top and really make this dramatic, but fast forward five years time, what does the other even look like? Because if the deal's not renewed with Channel Ten. Mm-hmm. There's going to end up being a contraction of the broadcast deal. Yep. Maybe even so, even so, if they did renew it. Contraction of the broadcast deal means a contraction of the salary cap. Yes. Is it overtaken with by the national second tier? I which... can see a world where the A-League goes back to Football Australia. Funny that. I, yep. I think it's likely probably not, but I can see it happening. I don't know if it's likely, but yes, I concur with you, Nathan. I concur with you. Where it becomes and... all too hard and here you go. We've effed it up. Yep. Take yep. it. Um, <laughs> Three years of governance wars for not a whole lot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Look, they had to try it. The A League clubs think they can do a better job of it. Maybe they're still convinced that they can do a better job of it. I'm yet to see it at this point. Uh, you know, yeah, I can, I can see that. And it's interesting that the that Football Australia made an announcement on the national second tier earlier this week. Good segue. <laughs> yeah, listen, that's it. 
You are available. <laughs> and willing. <laughs> are we still talking about presenting? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what did you think? No, good. Okay. I lost the market otherwise. Let me just make it <laughs> But yes. Second tier. Yeah, second tier. We have our foundation clubs and Football Australia have uh, launched the, the next phase, they call it. I think it's going back to the, the clubs that couldn't quite cut the mustard with the financials. They're saying, and giving fancy another a, go? Yeah, giving them another go. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to come back on board after all? Can you make it work? Can we help you make it work? And and I think they're going to try and at least get another four to six. Yeah. Another I would like it to club. be clubs outside of New South Wales and Victoria, mm. in theory. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. But um, the financials will mm. come first, and they absolutely should come first. I'd like it to be six. Six more clubs to come in, yeah. Mm. Mm. I'd like it to be a 14-team comp, but let's wait and see what happens. Yeah, and uh, Brisbane United have been invited to come back in with another proposal. Sunshine Coast? I haven't seen on Sunshine Coast, but I'm sure they're in dialogue. I would hope so, because at least yep. that cl- that way that club can actually survive realistically without having to go to Victoria. Yeah. Because football um, presents a... Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. blank. <laughs> Fill in the blanks. <laughs> Um, hey, I'd like to see a Tassie team. If football queens, they want to reach out. Absolutely, yeah, they can fill 100%. in the blank. They they can fill in the blank for us. <laughs> oh, they can. Mm. Uh, yeah, with the second tier, I'd like to see a Tassie team. Can South Hobart make it work? Or maybe um, Devonport Strikers. Yep. Mm. Maybe this um, team from South Australia, which is a, a weird weird concoction between multiple clubs. Mm-hmm. Maybe that can get off the ground again. Well, not but, Adelaide uh, City, mate. Let's get yeah, you know, yeah. Let's get Val's team in. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'd like to see as many clubs from as many places around the country as possible. But if they're looking for four to six, and four to six of them are from New South Wales and Victoria, so be it. Yeah, and listen, there are a couple of clubs that weren't part of the twenty-four, which struck me as interesting, which should be considered as well. Um, there's a couple of notable ones that should actually be a part of it. One based in Sydney in Western Sydney, which um, has a really good facility that um, that a couple of teams play out of. But, yes, they've been around for a while. Blacktown City. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Black, Blacktown City. You know, they're a notable club, but they should, mm, yep. you, you know, that is well, yeah, right. you know, relatively well run. So why shouldn't they be a part of it, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. So. Out of those first round clubs that, didn't eventuate. I'd also like to see if the uh, Sutherland Granola Sharks oh, go, thing can get yeah. can get resurrected. Yeah. So another one would be, you know, mm. why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. but definitely another four to six. Mm. So this is all moving forward to the second division, looking to start in fourteen months, Ooh, March twenty twenty five. Yeah, March April twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So uh, not that far away. No, no, not indeed. that far away. Lads, where shall we go? Milo are a sponsor of uh, Football Australia now as well. Oh, like I haven't you got, seen. You haven't seen. Well, it's good to see a brand like Milo. Not that we're spon- you know, that we're sponsored by Milo. Let's just be clear, <laughs> right? Or you know, but we uh, yeah, we, we take a household, my right? household. My household is a consumer of their products, but yes. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, good to see that a company like Milo's started to uh, get into kickaroos and all that kind of stuff as well. So there you go. Very good. Good to have mm. big uh, iconic Australian brands involved in oh. Australian football, particularly when it seems like those sorts of brands have been leaving the sport oh, in the last God. decade. 
Well, it's a good get from yeah, good get from Football Australia. So congratulations to um, the commercial team at Football Australia. Absolutely, absolutely, Laz. Do you have any more Aussie news for the week? I do, but I don't know if we should cover it in the Asian Cup. Would it be surrounding uh, Mr. Fagani? Yes, it would be actually. I think we should cover it now. Okay, let's cover it now then. Because it's going to get mentioned in the Asian Cup, but... Uh, is it? I don't know. We'll see if, we, if it is. It'll get mentioned. Oh, well, that's part of the result, but yes, yeah. sure. But the actual funeral the story. around the story... I think, actually, that's a benefit for here. I think so, too. Mm. So the story is Ali Reza Fagani, who is an Iranian-Australian, resides here, has sent over to the Asian Cup as one of the uh, Australian referees. Best referee currently in the country. Yes. Without a shadow of a doubt. And 100%. was a really good Asian referee anyway before that. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Uh, was the centre ref for Iraq Jordan. Cracking game, then, actually. Oh, what no a joke. Game. side. What a game. But anyway, yes. yes. What, what, oh, no, no jokes here at the moment, Lars. <laughs> this is not a jokey story. Mm. Um, he's, uh, I think, correctly awarded a second yellow to uh, an Iraqi goal scorer. You can mm-hmm. have your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um. But what ensued after that was really something that's actually quite scary. Mm-hmm. That he's been subject to a host, a whole host of abuse online. Mm-hmm. There was one uh, A-League's Instagram post that got half a million likes and a whole host of comments. Uh, well, they can talk about the metrics being up for January. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. <laughs> um, but we also saw a lot of his personal details get put out on the social media. Scene. We saw his na- full name, date of birth, where he lives, phone Dis- numbers. Disgraceful. Everything. That's disgraceful. Really bad. No, that's really disgraceful. Bad. And now he's obviously, they're going to have to, you know, Football Australia are going to have to step in and make sure that the security of his family and loved ones are, mm. um, isn't compromised. Yeah, for sure, because Ali Reza is still over in yeah. Qatar for the, for the tournament. Right, so. right. He's done a, hell of a heck of a job. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And I've... Joey Lynch put out on Twitter that Football Australia are taking it very seriously. And, they should. Uh, obviously, there's not going to be many details put out, but mm. they have, they are aware of the situation and are putting appropriate measures in place. I presume that is, like, it seems ridiculous to think this is a referee doing his job as a part of a game, but having to secure his family and move them to a safe house. Like We're talking like it's he's been caught up in some criminal activity. It's disgraceful, Nathan. Yeah. I think he was right, to be honest. I yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, I'm... Um, I can see why people would think it wasn't, but if he had sat on, if the Iraqi goal scorer had just sat on the ground and actually done that celebration instead of running into the crowd and you know going off, and then so he's gone off, he's he's scored his goal, then he decided to sit down and do another, like you know, demonstrative celebration. Mm. By definition, he's over celebrated. He has, and and look, that, and that and look, you people might say, "Oh, you're you know, you're being uh, harsh on the goal scorer." Well, no, you, you know, it's there's a game there to be played still. Should have good about him. His full celebration is he runs into the into the area of the ground between the Correct. pitch and the grandstands, like which is a huge area. Jordan, yeah, it's yeah. a huge area. Like how many people? You it know, is. like it's not as if it's. A, an English ground where there you can just mm. jump straight into the crowd. The guy's just yeah gone for a lap. <laughs> yeah, and you say lap, there's enough room to put a running track in there. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's mimicked and taken the piss with the Jordanian celebration where they did something 
coordinated mm. in the first half where they sat yeah. down and pretended they were eating at a table. Mm. Um, so he's branded the crowd. He's over-celebrated for that mark. He's done a lap of the back end of the ground, mm. sat down, mimicked the Jordanian celebration. Then he's come back onto the pitch and then wanted to do another celebration for what he had personally pre-planned. Mm. And I think that extra bit is what crossed the line mm. for for Garningen. Mm. Rightly so, was enough. Come on, you're taking well, the piss now. Should and, not have, he should not have yeah. got it booked in like it, it was his fault that he actually got the first yellow card as well. There was, was no need was. for him to actually do that, like to perform that foul mm. to get yeah. that first yellow card. So and the players are only himself to blame. Now, absolutely, I'm Hussein is yeah. the is the one who deserved to be sent off. He should have been Correct. sent off. He was rightly sent off. It was Correct. a big call to make. Yes, and. Look, I will credit Fagani for making the big call because I think so. It's a correct decision, and that you need to have a lot of backbone to make that decision. And oh, you got to have some kahunas behind you, oh, yeah. like with you. You know, it's it's a ballsy move in context of football because not many other referees would have made that call. No, uh, they would have shied away from it. Right? Okay, let's put it this way: if the guy actually took, why didn't he take off his shirt? Because he knew he'd get booked. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Yep. But he decided, so he, he, he decided he to carry on. Yellow and he knew yeah, that he was he at des- risk of getting sent off. Yeah. So he, well, exactly. So he's only got himself mm. to blame. He decided to keep carrying on. The game had to restart at some point, not because you just want to go and celebrate in the crowd, <laughs> do a lap, come back onto the field, do your little sit down at a table, sit down on the floor and pretend that you're eating, right? And take the piss. And then do another celebration. Well, mate, in fact, what do you want the referee to do? Yeah. Right? Can't spend half the game cha- just watching you celebrate. Exactly right. <laughs> hey, great goal. Sure, no doubt. Yeah. But it's not the best goal I've seen. Right? It was a good goal. Mm-hmm. Completely understand your exuberance and your enthusiasm. Don't get booked like in the, fir- in the first instance with the foul that you didn't need to commit, you think that. <laughs> right? And, yeah. f- and for the Iraqis to... and. F- for people to go online and threaten and, and, and for his details, his personal details to be spread online is a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace, right? And there's no need for it. And, yeah, I just hope Football Australia obviously take this very seriously and, and facilitate whatever needs to be done for the security of him and his family not to be compromised in any shape whatsoever, right? Um, yeah, but just yeah, absolutely bizarre, really. Absolutely bizarre. Don't commit the foul in the first place, you dick. Seriously. <laughs> he didn't need to do that foul. He's only got himself to blame. And and right on the last second of uh, of the game itself, they had a chance to equalise. Mm-hmm. A clear-cut chance to equalise. And they scuffed it. The guy yep. had booted, like, from the six-yard line, you know, from the edge of the six-yard box, decided to just, you know, put his foot under it. Well... What, it's not his fault that he, um, you know, so he didn't actually cause mm. the game to gain extra time because he missed an absolute city. He was unmarked. Sorry. <laughs> fire up, fire up. And with that last chance, like if Iman Hussain was out there, you'd probably back him to score at the form he's been in at this time. His fault for not being out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like he would have got the last-minute equaliser, which then maybe you're justified in over-celebrating if you score a last-minute equaliser. You still would have been sent off. He would have been able to get him to play at <laughs> extra time. But to celebrate like he did still with 15 minutes to go. <laughs> Ridiculous. Nuts. Nuts. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, dear. But more on that with our Asian Cup board. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the craziness of that game because it was a 
Jeez, yeah. This week has been incredible. Yeah. And both AFCON both, at both, yeah. And AFC. Look, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it in AFCON, in our AFCON mm. room, uh, in that episode, but geez, it's not a oh, CONCACAF was crazy, but <laughs> CONCACAF is crazy for different reasons. CONCACAF didn't even scratch the surface of crazy international football. <laughs> no, that's right. When it comes into that, no, that's right. No, AFCON is the craziest confederation of all. <laughs> Just a stat the nine big teams coming into this tournament that Everyone thought maybe there the winner will be one of these nine teams. Mm-hmm. Seven of them are out. Mm. <laughs> one of them thought they were out after the group stage. Mm-hmm. Sack their coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every single team who made the quarterfinals in 2021 is out of this out. tournament. Yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah, we're going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll reiterate yeah. there. It, it's just an absolutely <laughs> crazy, crazy scenario. Where do you want to go to now, Nathan? It's like we're uh, on a plane at the moment here. We spent a lot of time in Australia. We're having a short mm. stop over in Doha. Uh-huh. And now we're off to Europe, I think. All right, let's go to Europe. Big news is managerial fronts. Uh-huh. Two of them, maybe three. Okay, I know two. We have to is talk the, about Klopp. Do we really? We do. We do. It's the big news of the week, Laz. All right. Look, great manager. We talked about a lot on British Football Watch. We did. And, and yes, uh, which for those that don't know... Um, Nathan and I periodically um, get together in person in studio on two SSR on Saturday nights from nine o'clock. Uh, you just need to stay tuned to the back peg Instagram page, check the stories, and we'll let you know. Flash mob, hey, we're on. <laughs> right? <laughs> it just depends on our availability on a Saturday night because mm. both of us have got lives as well, right? Mm. So, yes, and you know, <laughs> want to watch football too from home. Now, um, yes, look, truth be told. Huge impact on Liverpool, no doubt. He's turned that club around. You can't underestimate or undervalue the significance he's had on actually changing that place. And if it wasn't for um, that conceded prick at uh, Manchester City, right? <laughs> um, you would not believe, you would not believe uh, that. Um, no, I shouldn't say that. If, if it wasn't for Mr Guardiola, and Manchester City, right? That's all staying in. No, I know that. I know. Look, I don't want it. It's just, look, everybody knows he's playing games. Oh, yeah. Right? And he's not, you know, everybody knows he's playing games, and that's why he would say, you would not believe, you would not believe. Yeah, I would believe, mate. Don't worry, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, nonetheless, um, he's a very, very, very good manager. And if it wasn't for him, right, and Manchester City, Liverpool probably would have had another three Premier Leagues in during Klopp's time. Yes. So I'm very thankful for uh, Mr. Guardiola. Well, you are because, yes, Liverpool <laughs> yes. would be on 23 by now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, They'll probably look, get 20 this year. Boy, probably? Yeah. They're favourites. I think, look, they're favourites now. Manchester City still have a run in them. They do. Liverpool have never been this far in front at this point of the season, which is interesting to note. Mm. Right. Yep. Now, the fact is, Manchester City go on a run. If Liverpool go on a run, Liverpool can afford to drop two games at best, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Currently, and they can still win the league. So, look, it's not a given that Liverpool are going to go on a run. No, of course not. The initial reaction is to think that they'll be spurred on and they'll do it for Klopp, all this sort of stuff. They're still in all competitions. They might win a quadruple. That's on the table. As a possibility this season, as you tremble saying that and shake your head and go white, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not a guarantee they are going to kick on. No, like I can 
say that when Fergie first announced his retirement in 2002, which he eventually went back on, the team fell apart. Why didn't he retire back then? Because <laughs> he had another old run in him. <laughs> Jeez. He must have ran out of energy in 2002 and then, like, decided to plug himself into something. So he had another mm. 10 years left or 11 years. It's incredible. Yeah, horse racing probably. Do you reckon? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the outside mm. interest of horse racing. But yeah, do you the think... horse racing is the reason you know, I was stuck mm. with the Glazers for 18 years. <laughs> it is. So, it the is. Ir- so the irony is is that Fer- the Fergie and the Glazers had a common interest. They no. Fergie got the Glazers involved, in effect, through racing somehow. And because Fergie and Martin Edwards, who was the old Owner. head honcho. Oh, yeah. I'll see. I'll yep. see. Yeah. He had a bad falling out over a horse. And Martin Edwards was like, nah, stuff you. I'm out. Mm. Mm. Yes. But I've turned this into a United chat. The point is, <laughs> Liverpool may fall away. They may get resolved and come together and uh, really go on a big run. There is no taking away from what Klopp's achieved at Liverpool. I'm sure he'd look back on it and think that they should have won more titles. Absolutely. And he's up there with their most influential managers of all time. We saw, I'm sure you saw scarves in the uh, Norwich game mm, in the FA mm, Cup mm. where they had faces and lists of names. Mm. Jurgen Klopp alongside Bill Shankly mm. and Bob Paisley and the other other great Liverpool identities over the years. And he deserves to be in that mix. He well, absolutely he's, does. He's won them a league. He's won them a Champions League. He's won them an FA Cup. He's won them a League Cup. Mm-hmm. So he's won everything that he's had to, um, that he's been in. Um, probably will win them the Europa League this year or this season. Depends how seriously they take it. Mm. Yeah, right. So, you know, he he he's won them the World Club Championship. So he would have won every trophy that he could have won for Liverpool, provided that Liverpool win the Europa League this season, right? Now, mm. they're on the verge of something special. They couldn't quite pull off the quadruple a couple of seasons ago. They looked tanked because of it. Right, sides were being rejuvenated. You know, they had a couple of lean seasons, and then and now all of a sudden they're firing, and they're still. And the scary thing is, there's heaps of room for improvement for them. Oh yeah, there yeah. is. Right, so whoever ends up taking that side will need to do some obviously um, business with regards to getting players in and letting players go. However. The nucleus of the side is pretty solid. Yeah, it's got the potential to be a uh, really difficult time for Liverpool mm. if they don't get it right, because obviously they're losing Klopp, they're losing his entire backroom team, they're losing the uh, current sporting director. Salah and Van Dijk's contract is up in eight months. Yep. And I've seen in the last couple of days, the FSG have gone and approached Michael Evers to come back. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And he's knocked them back. Mm-hmm. So they're already we'll on to we'll they're already long, on to second choice. <laughs> we'll see how long that goes. But anyway, look, yeah, they, yeah you never know, right? It mm. could be just a little bit more persuasion that's required. You know, hey, give us another run, whatever the case is. Um, one thing that we did float on British Football Watch last Saturday night, and I've heard the esteemed Simon Jordan uh, float mm-hmm. this overnight, is that Liverpool should pull out all stops to try and get Ange. He would different go. story. A different story of Tottenham. You know, obviously Tottenham won't let him go, but Ange would be a perfect fit culturally and the kind of manager with that kind of demeanour with the same, you know, intensity towards football, right, but not as energy-sapping as what Klopp is, right, he's a mm. bit calmer. <laughs> so it might be a good influence after, the, you know, the rock and roll of Klopp to actually have the, you know, the Fonz coolness of Foster Cogler given the Fonz yeah. 
pun that we've had. <laughs> if if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, about the Fonz that way, it's yeah. Henry Winkler is a fan of uh, Foster Coglu and Spurs, so there you go. Yeah, Ange to Liverpool is something that uh, I'm very much dreading, and uh, you're right, it is a perfect fit. Boyhood Liverpool supporter, Liverpool have a very similar feel to Celtic, mm-hmm. politically, with the fan culture as well, mm-hmm. very similar. The question is, also, like, I don't think it's also an issue that he's only a year into his Spurs contract. I think it is for Spurs. In, in, ter- in terms of him wanting to stick around at Tottenham, I don't see that as a stumbling block, specifically from that perspective. Maybe not for Ange himself, but for Spurs it is. Mm. Because when the Socceroos came calling when he was at Melbourne Victory, he did break his Melbourne Victory contract to go and coach the Socceroos because it's a better job and a better opportunity. He's got precedent for that, so he's not one to stick around for a rebuild for a rebuild's sake. No. And I think it's a good fit. But also, I think whoever it is that gets the job, whether it be Ange, whether it be Shabby Alonso, whether it be someone else, it's also a little bit of a poison jealous coming in after Klopp. And that's why someone of that demeanour, of Ange's demeanour, mm. might be a really good fit. And like you said, yes, I can see why you'd be scared of it. I just don't see Daniel Levy letting that happen. Yeah, no. They'd have I, to get... They'd have to pay a, a pretty massive for it. Yeah. It would probably have to be record-breaking in coach, in managerial terms, I'd say. The record at the moment is Graham Potter to Chelsea, isn't it? That was around 25 to 30, I want to say. Jeez, Brighton have taken the piss out of Chelsea, man. Seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taking them for half a million pounds, if not more. I think it's probably up to like 750 million pounds, you know. Mm. They've gone into Crazy. it. Oh, jeez. Brighton must just look like, at Chelsea, okay? Come Chelsea. in, Spinner. <laughs> Come in. Chelsea paid more for Moises Caicedo than what Brighton paid for their stadium. That is mind-boggling. <laughs> that is my, absolutely mind-boggling. And the fact that they covered their stadium in one transfer is just insane. Yep. And they probably covered another, um, you know, their training facility as well mm. in regards to another transfer. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> now, okay, quick, quick, quick uh, fire question with regards to this. Who goes to Liverpool? Alonso? I think. Alonso, Postacoglu, Deserbi? Or is there anyone outside of those three? Because I think they're the three highest-ranked candidates. Uh, it will be Steven Gerrard. No, it won't. Um, <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I do. Uh, and I think Mate, that is... He's going to stay... At, is... I hope I pronounce this right. He's going to stay at Al-Itifaki. Al-Itifaki, yes. As he puts it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that's right. That's what I'm saying. Al-Itifaki. Al-Itifaki. Um I think that is one of Klopp's best parting gifts, that he hung around long enough for everyone to find out that Gerard's a bit of a rubbish manager. <laughs> He's a young manager. It's harsh. Yes, look, there's still a lot for him to learn. It's, it's look, I'll, I'm not prepared to say anyone's rubbish because... Um, I am. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. Right? It's a very cutthroat industry, and sometimes things it go is. wrong, right, even if you don't intend them to. Um, you know, look, take Mourinho at Man U. Mm-hmm. The board didn't back him for one transfer window, and that was the end of the relationship, effectively, yep. right? Three, three, <laughs> right? You still had three, right? Respect. Respect. respect and, you know, <laughs> and the board didn't respect and, <laughs> right? So um, having said all that, yep. who goes? Does the Zerbi go? Because I think the Zerbi is a serious contender, although after this morning, I'm not sure how Luton Town beat Chelsea 4-0 far out. That's but a anyway. Freudian slip, how Luton Town beat Chelsea. Ah, uh, sorry, yes. <laughs> See, Brighton, Chelsea. <laughs> but how Luton Town beat Brighton? Four zip. Yeah. 
Seriously. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Me neither. Did not see that coming. Um, I think it will be Jabby Alonso. I think it is too soon for him to take the Liverpool job after one year coaching a senior team. I think it is too soon. Yes, his team is doing wonderful things in Germany. Insane. Insane. They're insane. The football they play is amazing. The, it is. Was it the goal they scored this weekend? Or was it mm. a clip from a mm. while ago that I saw? It might have been from this weekend. So the football they play is unbelievable. Mm. And look, can it work? Yes. Are there some question marks? Yes. But I think that match is too perfect not to happen. Yeah, I think Alonso goes, but it wouldn't surprise me if either Post Coddle or De Zerbi ended up there. If De Zerbi goes, strap the hell on. Yeah. Because yep. it's going to be, uh, that'd be entertaining. <laughs> that, that, that would be a be, roller coaster. Hey, we're going to score more than you, and we're just going to back ourselves and just go for it. Yep. <laughs> right? There will be some five fours in there. <laughs> oh, far out. Yeah, but there you go. There you go. Mm. So do we slip across to the continent, Nathan, for the one of the other managerial departures? That's confirmed. Yes, from Jabby to Javi. <laughs> yes. Announcing that uh, he's departing Barcelona at the end of the season. After a 5-3 loss to Villarreal. <laughs> yep. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, citing that uh, the media give him too much of a hard time. Mm. Yeah. Was that was that Real Madrid TV giving him too much of a hard time? Maybe <laughs> I think he was talking more to the Barca journalists. Like I was being facetious, yes. but yes, oh, yeah, yes, no, yes, there's yes. no doubt that the Barca mm. journalists had absolutely been giving him uh, a hammering. The funny thing is, is that he's been trying to play the Barcelona way this season, mm. and has been caught short because he won the league with them playing not quote unquote Barca DNA football, which is. Mm. Croy stroke Pep football, mm. Mm. and he got pelters for it, saying, "Why, why don't you play better football?" He won the league. It was it was yeah. effective enough. All right, yep. so Europe didn't get a plan, right? Mm. They even lost to Man U last season. Yeah, I know. Like, crazy. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> you know, when does Barca ever lose to Man U? But um, <laughs> but that said, right? Um, yeah, this season has been yes, wanting you know left a bit of. Undesired football, or sorry, undesired results, but desired football, I should say. Mm. Right. So they've been uh, left holding the bag, and I don't think that um, people are responding well to Girona being the best club in Catalonia. Mm. No, being uh, shown up big time. Mm. Big time. And uh, results versus aesthetics, it's a, it's a debate we're all too familiar with in the past couple of weeks. If you're prepared to wear the losses when you're trying to be aesthetically pleasing, but see that there's a way forward and you've got the players that can actually back that up, and that's why he's obviously been trying to blood the younger players and see, look, there's a way forward. Uh, I've got to put faith in these guys. But if the media are going to say, oh, you have no idea what you're doing and you're losing, right? Given the issues that Barcelona have as well, the economic issues, the bribery issues, the pending points deduction issues, right? Why would you hang around? Yeah, exactly. And if you're Javi and you got to put up with that shit. Yep, exactly. And I mean, Pep walked out on Barcelona in the past. Like maybe he'd achieved all, all he wanted to, but I'm sure part of that was also dealing with the media. He was drained. That would have been an element. Look, yeah, I mean that that psychological warfare with Mourinho as well was just mm. bloody nuts, yep. right? And it was a chapter that is look considered to be dark, somewhat entertaining. But nevertheless, it, it definitely had a physical toll on him, and that's why he took that sabbatical, went to Bayern, chillaxed for three years. And Did then worse than your ponkers. 
Yeah, and then you know went across to Manchester City, and the rest is history, right? Mm. Uh, now, with regards to Barcelona and Xavi, there's no doubt that that. In, I mean, and look, I think Luis Enrique, uh, Luis Enrique had um, issues with the media as well in Barcelona, and so they must be really cutthroat. They must yeah. really. I mean, the Spanish media, we, you and I are aware of them, right? As far as um, S and 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 Marca, right? The Madrid masters, they're strong as well, right? And they're very vocal in their approach. But in Catalonia, it's worse, obviously. Mm. Yeah, and so Javi is uh, walking out, and Barca are in search of a new boss. I'm sure they've already rung Klopp's agent. No chance he goes. Not a chance. I don't think Not he's able to pick up the phone. No, <laughs> and look, I don't know who goes to Barcelona. I, I well, suspect they're going to go with um, uh, Rafa Marquez, who is looking after the B side and you know is a Barcelona legend and will probably end up coaching them. Maybe, maybe. Well, some suggestion is that the players want Luis Enrique back. That would be interesting. Can they get him out of Paris? Maybe. I'm not so sure. Mm. I'm not so uh, sure. One manager has been talking a little bit in uh, the last week. Okay. And this was my two, maybe two and a half. Two and a half. Parties. Let me guess. Mm. Let me well, guess. Can I read you, I'll read you the quote without a name. It might help you out. Oh, can I just guess straight off the bat? Go for it. Too sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, his quote is that uh, moving abroad again would appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Bain has an extraordinary league. And from my perspective and based on my experience working with Spaniards, they are characterized by a tremendous amount of self-confidence. When you speak with Spanish players, I quickly get the sense you are engaging with the person. Okay. He wants the Barca job. Does he? I think that's what that reads as. Shit. He doesn't know what he was getting himself into then. No. Maybe he should have a chat to Pep. Maybe. Maybe. I don't see Tuchel going to Barca. I don't think it's a fit. Uh, stylistically, it's not a fit. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a fit. Yeah. Yeah. He'll get killed. No, I that. think oh, he'll get it in the life. He's more yeah. so fit for Atletico Madrid when they want to let Simeone go. Yeah. Oh, oh, that, a, that is a better fit. You're right. Yeah. That club, right, would be a much better fit for someone like Tuchel when Simeone goes. I don't know how long Simeone's got left. Or, I mean, basically, I think he can have the job as long as he wants it, right? And so he should. Simeone? Yeah. Um, I actually, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't actually see Simeone ever going to another club. I don't know. and Unless it's from, Italy and it's Inter Milan. Maybe, yeah. Like a and, club that he's actually played for, you know what I mean? Mm. So I see that kind of fit for him. But yeah, other than that, because I know he's been close to the Inter job before. Mm. Right? Right. Yep. not going to go across town. No. Right? Uh, I think the Real Madrid supporters would be absolutely feral if he went. Oh, of course. If it was considered. Of right? he, can't, he can't coach another team in Spain, surely. I don't know. I think he could, but uh, I just don't think that he will. He could. Because also he would walk, not get pushed, because surely yeah. Adleti will just give him the job for as long as he wants it. I reckon he could coach well, your he's, mob. He's earned that with what Spain. he's achieved. I reckon he could coach your mob in Spain. Yeah. He could coach Bill Bow. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Mm. I can see that. Uh, it just depends just... on whether he would. Yeah. Does he? Can he find him within himself to come up against Atleti? Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah. No, I agree. I actually think he might take on a national team role next. Yeah, it's not he a bad would, shot. He would make a really good national team manager. Mm. Really good national team would. manager. Because he's, he's all got to pick and choose like, yeah. what countries. Yeah, like. well, be Argentina or Spain. Be, or 
yeah, Argentina, Spain. I don't see Portugal because Portugal got too much attacking flair. Spain, you know, are a little bit more on the defensive side than what Portugal mm. would be. So I think that um, it would be predisposed to Argentina or Spain, but it would make a really interesting national team manager, that's for sure. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. Very interesting. Um, but, yes, so Klopp's going, Javi's going. Does Javi end up at Liverpool? Is Does he enter the frame? Does Tuchel end up at Liverpool? I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't take it because it's the Mancini. Yeah, sorry, the Mancini. It's the um, Conte thing. Conte always normally follows Mourinho, <laughs> right? So Tuchel traditionally has followed Klopp, right? No. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is, is that Klopp hasn't coached at Bayern, right? But yeah. Yeah. Or PSG. Or Paris. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's interesting. Does Javi pop up at Inter Miami? Probably. <laughs> Although, look, Tata Martino's there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nah, he won't be going anywhere, mate. No, I'm talking as a player. Into, oh, pfft. yeah, maybe. And then, then Iniesta comes out of retirement. And, yeah. Um, geez, that, that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I actually see um, Xavier Hernandez ending up in England. His command of the English language is perfect. Mm-hmm. And so he's a very effective communicator in English. And... He would be able to get the best out, out of a team somewhere. I'm not saying a top six club at this point, right? But potentially a Newcastle United. Not that I particularly would you have him? Uh, not particularly. Mm. Not particularly. But I, I won't be saying no, right? But are, are there better managers out there? Yeah, there probably are. Look, we know all the Barca links at City. Mm. Maybe that one day will eventuate. Costa Coglu could end up at um, Man City. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. Mm. I've been saying that since he was at Yokohama mm. oh, because listen. of all the CFG links. Yeah, correct. And correct. the timelines now link up. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see Pep being at City in four years' time. But you can see Costa Coglu being there. Yeah, and I think... For like one, like three or four-year contract. Yeah, because mm. Ange doesn't hang around for a dynasty. No, God no. So, I, look, no. I think as soon as he finishes... I think four years at Spurs, that'll see him through. Yeah, I don't think he gets an extension. And then, no. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think he would take the extension. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah, what I, mean. I, I think that yeah. he would um, go to um, the likes of Manchester City or another big club, such as Liverpool. or Man- like So Liverpool, Manchester City, and um, and then that would be it. Probably end, up but catching, also- probably end up catching the Greek national team in about a decade. <laughs> You laugh. You laugh. I laugh because I because in a decade he will. It links to at least to what I got. Oh, really? Okay, cool. It's about to come out my mouth. Um, (laughs) Ange always likes taking over basket case teams and Mm. fixing them up. Mm. Does he walk into Liverpool after Klopp when they've just potentially won the lot? Yeah, what a challenge that is. Is it though? Like it is a challenge. But how is it not a challenge? It's completely different to anything he's ever taken. Okay, hang on. Yes, it is. So why not broaden your horizon though and go, okay, club with the biggest target on their backs. That's a challenge in itself. And if they do a quadruple, thanks for coming. What bigger yeah, challenge I mean, is there? It's not the it's not the challenge, it's the rebuild. I think Ange will get bored at no. a successful club if he moves into a club that's already successful. How can he get bored of winning? I think he does. Otherwise he would have hung around at one of his other jobs. Well, why wouldn't he be able to bring in new new blood into this new side and actually make it his own? Oh, he would be able to. So then where's but the I'm issue? just thinking, right, my my sort of point is that 
as soon as Brisbane Raw got well and truly established as the best team, mm. he was looking for the next challenge. Yeah, okay, so he proves himself. When Yokohama, when Yokohama became the best team in Japan, maybe they weren't outright as much as Brisbane were, but when he won things, it was time to move on. Celtic, he reached the ceiling for Celtic as much as they could achieve. Mm. Time to move on. He could have just stayed at Celtic for another two years, won another couple of domestic trebles, and great. But no, he didn't want that because he had the opportunity to come to the Premier League, but also he reached the end of the line for how much work can really be done beyond just maintaining your level at the top of the game. Does he walk into a city team that's already amazing? If he, I, could, he hasn't got he hasn't got prize for doing it. If he time. could, no, that's true. But if he could walk into a team, either City or Liverpool, if he had his choice, yeah, I know he'd pick. I believe he would pick Liverpool. Oh, he would. Yeah, right. Uh, because of the challenges around that, more so than Manchester City. I agree. Yeah, but Ange, from everything we've seen, likes to take on clubs that are in a low point. Mm-hmm. Partly because your impact is felt sooner, partly because it's easy to get the fans on side. Sure. And there's a big reward if you get it right. And he often gets it right. Sure. That wouldn't be on the table for him to go to Liverpool. He'd have to break his trend, which a chance to manage his boiled team. Sure. That's good enough reason. But maybe I'm just projecting. I probably mm. am. <laughs> I think you are, Nathan. I think you are. <laughs> uh, backpackers, uh, write in. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Am I projecting? Do you do you see my perspective? Do you agree with my perspective? Uh, interesting. What are your own thoughts on Spurs and Ange and where's he yeah, go? Indeed, let us know. Mm. Where shall we go, Lars? Uh A couple of interesting things, Nathan, right? Um, can we dive into Africa just for a minute? Sure. If I may. So there was something interesting. It is AFCON related, but it's to do with a team that's no longer there. If I... So Gambia, right? Gambia national team coach Tom Saint Fleet, Saint Feet, I should say, was spitting fire, right? Um, he's had a go at the media, at the Gambian media. Listen to this. You were trying to embarrass me in front of the international media. You, the Gambian journalists, are trying to influence the mindset of the fans, the players, and other people. When we win, you are happy, but when we lose, I'm the worst coach in the history of Gambia. When I defend, we win matches, you celebrate. But when we attack, we concede a lot of goals, and I'm the worst coach. When we defend and win against Tunisia, Morocco, and other teams, you people are happy. Let me tell you this. Before I came to Gambia, Gambia didn't win a match for five years. Don't forget the Gambian League is not a professional league. Some players are paid less than $50 a month. We never qualified for the AFCON before I came, and now we are here. You people think we can beat everyone. You think we can't be beaten. How's that pretty for Pretty scathing. How's that yeah, for Pretty scathing. <laughs> Wow. Wow, indeed. So I'm waiting for Chavi to say something similar. Let's <laughs> write to the Barcelona journalist. Yeah. Uh, he said something similar, but not quite that intense. Mm. Um, but yeah, wow. That's one way to go about your business, and you've got yeah. a point. Isn't it just? Mm. So, yeah. I just thought I'd uh, share that one with you because I thought that was quite funny. Um, yes. So, also, I was going to mention this. Um, you mentioned Joey Lynch before. Joey Lynch had a really good article. Soccer is related, but so I won't go into it too much here. But uh, with regards to um, Australia's thought experiment of an Asian Cup continues after the win over Indonesia. So he's got a theory that you know Australia is a work in progress, which is right, considering that we've lost the likes of Moy, Moy Rogic, Longo. Longo, exactly right, and where the creativity comes from. 
Also, Adelaide United goalkeeper Stephen Hall has joined Brighton. Brighton mm. mentioned earlier, true, which was um, very good to see. There was also one other thing that I teased last week, right, with regards to LAFC. Oh yes, go on. And your favourite topic of multi-club ownership. Mm, wonderful. Or, or football imperialism or colonialism? Football colonialism. Colonialism, yes. Right. Yes, because Melbourne City is a colony of Manchester City, yes. Correct. So mm. uh, what has happened is that LAFC and Bayern Munich have formed a 50-50 joint venture in, in red and gold. They did that last year, right, which I wasn't aware of. And I credit friend of the pod, Jason Stevens, with regards to this, and he's continuing work on multi-club ownership, which is fascinating to see. Right. However, and the, uh, LAFC had acquired majority stake in Grasshopper Club as well. So Grasshoppers of uh, Zurich, right, which is – don't know why they were ever called Grasshopper, but famous club. Yeah, I think you know, Swiss never club looked names into are a topic for another day. Oh, he just reminded me, young boys, yes. <laughs> young boys, yes. Burn, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, mm, yeah, <laughs> that might be a pot in itself. Um, but the question that Jason, Scott Jibberfield on for that. Yeah, the the question to true question that Jason Stevens has uh, Jason Stevens has posed is: Have Bayern found a way around the multi club ownership rules with regards to UEFA? Right, because what has happened is that obviously they've. Um, been able to form this relationship with regards to uh, LAFC and Bayern Munich have formed this relationship and they have um, gone you know, further into it and decided to um, acquire um, through LAFC, have acquired Grasshopper Zurich, but also they've also acquired um, FC Vaca Innsbruck, which is a lower tier Austrian side, all right? So, yeah, it's just fascinating to see LAFC actually make these kind of plays as well. Yeah, that is a bit dodgy, that, I think. If there is... Look, there's nothing wrong with an affiliate relationship, for mm. mine. There's nothing wrong with that, if you've... In the old sense, where what it used to be, like where you have a lower club that you send players on loan to with some regularity, not a problem. But when you do get into the, the muddy water of full ownership and partial ownership... Particularly this one, as you mentioned, with uh, LAFC and Bayern and buying up other European clubs as a as a part of it. Yeah, I don't like it, but what can I do about it? And it's not getting put back in the bottle because what can you wait for do about it? Not much. Mm-hmm. Particularly if there's this way to uh, circumvent the rules, they're not going to stop after uh, a Swiss club and an Austrian club, are they? That's why the rules should just be tossed. Because if Girona happened to win a Champions League place. They should be able. They, the players at Girona should be able to play. I think it, just because they're owned by Manchester City or City Football Group, you know, should not hinder them from the reward of playing Champions League if they've been good enough to qualify for it. Yeah, yeah. And City are only a uh, minority shareholder of Girona, mm, but still, nonetheless. Yeah, still. Yeah. They, they, right now, as it stands, they would be prevented from playing Champions League. Yeah, which is a bit ridiculous. Mm. Especially when City Football Group don't offer Girona like crazy resources. Yeah. Like Girona have a mid-table budget in La Liga and they're just massively over, overperforming this season. Mm. Bit like Union Berlin last yeah, season. Correct, correct. Massively correct. overperforming. And what what they are benefiting from is administrative skills and scouting networks and these sorts of things. But in terms of finances, not a problem. They're 
they're not ma- benefiting massively from being a part of the the city football group empire and yeah, let them play. Let them play. Uh, you mentioned Union Berlin. We should mention we did mention a few weeks back that um, that there was the first female to be an assistant manager in the Bundesliga. Mm. Well, she actually took charge of the side earlier this week. And what so happened? She became the first manager, first female manager of Union Berlin. Oh, sorry, the first female manager to take a side in the Bundesliga. Um, and what happened was, well, it doesn't matter what happened. That's that's what happened. Nathan. True. Mm. That yeah. is what happened indeed, yes. Yeah, that's what happened. So um, as far as the result is concerned, I'll have to check because I can't recall what happened. But but that was the key story, that uh, the key takeaway. So, yeah, sure. yeah, good luck to her. I think I think it was um, great to see, to be honest. Uh, but to answer your question, nonetheless, uh, they beat Darmstadt 1-0. Very good. Very At good. home. Very good. At home. That probably so, would have been a, a relegation six-pointer. Uh, yes. Yes, it was. Um, unfortunately, St. Pauli uh, got knocked out of um, the pokal. That's a shame. Mm. Missing Irvine and Metcalf, I'm sure. Correct. Yeah. So Saarbrücken will play Borussia Mönchengladbach next week. So keep an, keep your eyes out for that one. Yes. Pokal's on Optusport. Not that they're a sponsor. Correct. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Laz. Nathan. Have you been aware of this story coming out of Belgium this week. No. So there was a flare-up in a game between two clubs you'll know, Anderlecht and Kent. Yes. Genk, not Genk. Genk. Yep. Genk. And uh, there was a controversial refereeing decision in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Genk made a formal complaint mm-hmm. asking for the match to be replayed. Mm-hmm. That's the story is their complaint was heard and realised the match is going to be completely replayed. You are kidding me. <laughs> you are kidding me. How does that work? So they took it up to uh, a Belgian court, I think. Mm. They went all the way that high. Right. Yeah, and they ruled that justice was uh, not made or not met or whatever. And, uh, yes, the game is going to be completely replayed. The The uh, old result is has now been rubbed out. So what was the decision that got that caused this funeral? Uh, so I think it, w- it was just a, a penalty call. That's terrible. Mm. Well, I've got a story with regard to referee, now that you mention it. I don't know if you saw this. A angry Port Vale supporter ran after the referee, having got onto the pitch in an attempt to confront him following a late penalty decision, which led to his side losing 1-0 to Portsmouth. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So Don't jump the fence. Don't confront referees. <laughs> yes, absolutely nuts. It's bad Oops. enough when players and, official- and uh, coaching staff members do it. Mm. Don't need supporters doing it too. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, Mates say United. We need to talk about them. We do. We do. Pulling off the big upset. 2-1 over Ipswich. Nathan. Into the uh, the next round of the FA Cup. They beat a team that's five tiers above them. Mm. And yep. that side had 37 shots. <laughs> and, and all of them rubbish. <laughs> and Mates only had two shots and they scored two goals. Yep. And they're, pl- and they're playing away from home. Mm-hmm. This Perfect is, day for them. This is a cup set. Unbelievable. It's incredible. Um, yeah. It's up there with the best ever. Oh, it, it's this beats Her- Hereford United against Newcastle United. Mm. It, it's just ridiculous, right? Not enough is made of it. The fact that they've actually been able to do this is just – and Ipswich Town are second in the championship. So they're the 22nd best team in England. Yeah, and uh, good old Maidstone. 
in the sixth tier of the National League South. So you got the uh, the 92 in the top four leagues, and you got another 24. Then you get into the leagues in where Maystone United play, and it's the first time a, a team outside the top five divisions has made it to this re- new round of the FA Cup since the 77, 78 season. So nearly 50 years on. Bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah. Absolutely bizarre. Unbelievable. Got, Unbelievable got, night. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. I've um, got one more for you. Is it also an FA Cup story? Not really. It's Manchester United related though. Okay. No, we'll do Are this we... other FA Cup story because we should mention oh, okay, that. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. Oh, yeah, the Wolves. West Brom and... Wolves. Yes. Yeah. I did think about that about a minute ago, actually, before I raised it, made say United, but yes. All right, mm. let's, let's talk about this because it's <laughs> the fact that it happens in this day and age is just nuts. I mean, we see it in other parts of Europe, but England is supposed to be the home of civilised football in the grounds right now because we've all learned the lessons of the uh, 80s and the hooliganism and all that kind of stuff. Yep. That was just insane. It was. What, we haven't seen things like that thinking? for so long. What mm. the hell are people thinking? And the issue comes because away supporters buy tickets in the home end and then they give themselves up when a goal gets scored by the away team. They celebrate. And look, you're asking for trouble buying a home ticket when you're a away supporter, but that doesn't mean that you should be subject to an attack or things thrown at you. Sure. Sure. But don't put yourself in the position, mate. Like, you know, what are you trying to do? You're trying to achieve a different level of shithousery by being a smart ass and, you know, I'm not I, I like I understand I completely agree with you. Those scenes should not occur. Mm. That should not happen. People should not react that way. Right. But but if you buy a ticket, you're a Wolves fan, and you buy a ticket in the home supporter section of West Brom, you need to keep quiet and be cognizant of where where you're sitting mm. because you're going to cause a riot, and which you did. Yeah. And look, it might have been innocent. They just wanted to get into the see the game and away allocation sold out. Sure. But if, yes, as you say, if you do buy a home ticket, you have to be very, very careful. And uh, what instigated was scenes that we've not seen for a very long time in English football. And amazing, the game got suspended and people got uh, carried off with... Uh, there was, there was the, the clip, I'm sure everyone's seen mm. it, of the guy who was being carried off by police, mm. medics, and someone else because he, <laughs> he was getting cuffed and uh, attended to because he had a big cut on, his, on the top of his head. Yeah, wild scenes. And uh, look, we hadn't seen a Black Country derby for many, many years. It was the first one in front of supporters in 12 years. And we should mention it was played at 11.30. Kickoff was 11.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and Can you imagine if they played that at like 7.45 p.m.? <laughs> and, we know the re- and we know the reason why that is. Yeah, we've seen it. <laughs> we've just seen it. Yeah. Imagine if it was played later on in the day mm, or that afternoon with mm-hmm. people with uh, drinks in. Yep, and probably other substances as well. Mm. And that's why it was selected to be played at 11.30am mm-hmm. by order of the police. Yeah, I mean, we still have the issues, but you don't know how bad it would have been if it was later in the day. Um, but yeah, no one wants to see that. But, but most, good on most, for winning most, the game. most church services in the UK don't start till 11am. <laughs> you know, so it's, a, it's supposed to be sleepy old Sunday mornings in the UK. Church is at 3pm Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But you know, I, you know, like there's a connotation with uh, UK and Sunday mornings. They, you know, brunches at three p.m. in the afternoon. Not you know, mm. so yeah. yeah, wild scenes, wild scenes indeed. Mm. Yeah, it's unruly. Uh, it's unruly for a Sunday morning, that's for sure. Mm. But let's let's talk about your final story, Manchester United. Uh, oh, I was going to say it's Man U. 
Rashford. Related. No, not Rashford. Anana. Oh, Anana. Right. Okay. I, I thought you were referencing Rashford at the top of the show. Hence my. Uh, well, I did. Impersonation I did. of the tequila, yeah, the tequila song. song because. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you know more about that story than I did, Nathan, because you would have been following him also. But yes, apparently, yeah, yeah. He, yes, he quick had synopsis. A of, he had a uh, bit of a bender. He did have a bit of a bender. He, uh, even though United had a week off the week earlier, Marcus Rashford oh. thought it a good idea to uh, get on a plane, head over to uh, Belfast to go see a mate play, Roshan Williams, former United Academy mm-hmm. player. No problems there. But uh, to go to a nightclub two nights in a row on a big tequila bender, and uh, in the uh, the latest. Story, it's that he was still out 3 a.m. on the Friday morning. United had training that Friday morning. <laughs> and he was reported ill as to why he couldn't go. Um, mm. A big double day of tequila bender would uh, certainly do that to you. Yeah. Apparently it was a 12-hour <laughs> session, if not more. Yes. And he's been fined two weeks' wages, apparently, which uh, for him is a pretty big amount of money, the amount of money he's on at United. Fair enough. Fair enough. Over probably six hundred fifty thousand pounds, he got fined. Sheesh. That's how much he's on. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see the value. But anyway, um, Andre Nana, <laughs> African Cup of Nations. Yeah. <laughs> One game, three goals conceded, zero saves made, zero wins. That was worth it. <laughs> and he went coming out of private plane. Yep, coming out of international retirement. And yes, the private plane story that he landed three hours away from the first game, had to take a car ride and couldn't make kickoff and was left on the bench. And, and obviously <laughs> lost his spot Yep, up until the last game. He came in for the second game, was dreadful, mm. got dropped. That's right. Yes, correct. Conceded yeah. three goals and that was it. Mm-hmm. Two of them were his fault. Oh, and, that uh, was woeful. Yep. Anyway. Shocking. Uh, yes. yes and now he's on his way back to Manchester. I'm sure he's already back. Yeah, with the case of the and, Yips, unfortunately, this season. Mm, I don't know what happened to the goalkeeper that was in the Champions League final last year. He needs to go back to Inter Milan. Mm, yes. There you go. There you go. Do you um, have anything um, else, Nathan? No, I was just going to ask what you're looking forward to this weekend. I haven't even looked for, farther forward because I've been concentrating on AFCON and AFC. The quarter, you know, the quarterfinals are on this weekend, and that's really Indeed. what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, soccer is 2.30 Saturday morning. Yeah, a great time. Against Korea, yeah, mm-hmm. not not a great time. No, I was being sarcastic. Give me the ten thirty. Yes, you were. Give me the ten thirty p.m. kickoff <laughs> anytime. Ah, uh, yeah, but let me offer you some highlights instead, Les. <clears throat> yes, go. We have a derby Italia this weekend. There is one game I'm looking forward to. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Liverpool versus Arsenal. Yeah, big one. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. We also have a Madrid derby this week. Yes, we do. And uh, a Western Sydney derby on Sunday afternoon. That's not a derby. It's not. <laughs> no, it is. It is a derby. We just need to find a name for it. Yeah. 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 There's no good name for it. Uh, but the Orbital, there's the opportunity. The, the Orbital Road derby. <laughs> the M4 slash M7, M5 derby. I'll like, you mm. know. But uh, look, the opportunity here is for a record crowd for the Bulls. Mm. That's on the table this weekend coming. Yep. As a possibility. Hopefully it eventuates. It should play Monday night. Hey, that'd be good. <laughs> MacArthur Mondays. <laughs> um, but yes, Derby Italia as well is going to be an interesting watch. Mm, very much so. Very mm. much so. I agree. Uh, Laz, I think we've hit the back peg. We have, Nathan. We have indeed. Thank you very much again for all you do. Thanks to all the listeners for you listening. And hope you enjoy 
our content and what we put out and looking forward to the AFC round of 16 wrap and the, and the AFCON round of 16 wrap, which will include a quarterfinal preview component in each episode. So, yeah, looking forward to doing that with you, Nathan. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The content doesn't stop on the back peg. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will speak to you again very soon. Thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy. Take care. Take care, all. Enjoy the football. Thank you.